Aida Ponce del Castillo, Senior Researcher at the Foresight Unit of European Trade Union Institute in Brussels, talks to find out why about the Digital Services Act proposal. The Digital Services Act, it's, it's very important because it touches upon cultural aspects and those can be very different within the European Union. What Europe is doing together with the European Green Deal is setting standards for the whole world. The implications in the discussions of misinformation and disinformation online. So there will need to be more efforts from private actors into preventing the mis misinformation. And the current political debate in Brussels. The current shape and form of the G Digital Services Act is already spurring a lot of discussions. So it will be heavily debated in the European Parliament by all 27 member states, meaning very different ways of thinking how internet should evolve and how it should be regulated. We started this interview by asking whether the Digital Services Act will affect global standards for platform accountability. It is a possibility, yes. I think that we need to see the Digital Services Act together with the, her sister regulation, which is the Digital Markets Act. Both regulate the internet space and the platforms, so they have to be seen in unison. So yes, both Digital Services Package will impact uh, the accountability, the lives and everything in the internet, not only for Europe or the European economic area, but also outside Europe. So uh, accountability for non-EU businesses will probably be increased. Which regions might follow first? Hopefully the US, because these companies are mainly based in the US. And perhaps because um, very, very quickly after Joe Biden took a seat, President of the European Commission, Ursula von der Leyen, had a talk to him and suggested that this regulation of the internet could be dealt within EU-US treaty, transatlantic treaty. So it would be very interesting how the further talks between President Biden and Ursula von der Leyen will help up the coming year, considering that the DSA and the DMA will be voted uh, within a period of two years' time, and that internet is growing a lot. So I suppose that the US will be one of the first areas that will uh, have a, uh, an activity here. What Europe is doing together with the European uh, Green Deal is setting standards for the whole world. So the impact is huge and it has already done it once and it worked, meaning the GDPR, the General Data Protection uh, Regulation. With the DSA, together with the DMA, it will go even further. So you can imagine the impact of this uh, regulatory initiative. Do you see any issues with implementation? It is not going to be easy because of this geopolitical aspect, one, and because of regulating internet. We had the e-commerce directive, 
that today is a little bit old, uh, but the internet is, is moving by the microsecond or the nanosecond because we have powerful actors driving the seat of innovation in a very different direction than the rules, harmonized rules and protection of the market that we have within the European Union, together with fundamental rights that the EU uh, always tries to put forward or push forward in all uh, activities and initiatives and the uh, values, European values, also are very, in a very different dimension than the, those driven by other um, internet players or platforms. The current shape and form of the G Digital Services Act is already spurring a lot of discussions. So it will be heavily debated in the European Parliament by all 27 member states, meaning very different ways of thinking how internet should evolve and how online plat platforms should be regulated. So it's not going to be easy either. What do you think is going to be the conflict between this Service Act and member states' uh, national laws? The European Commission came up with a harmonized proposal in a form of a digital service act, a harmonized regulation updating the e-commerce directive to make the internet safer. Now, European member states have their own interpretation and own means of looking at platforms and at regulating them. So I suppose that member states will have a lot of say on how this will look to them and how their own national resources can go through that or their own national problems. For example, what is considered harmful for you in the Netherlands might not be considered harmful for a culture in Spain. And that is a completely different way to see how to regulate harmful information, how to prevent harmful information to be uptake in the public or distributed in the media. The Digital Services Act, it's, it's very important because it touches upon cultural aspects and those can be very different within the European Union. Concerning the lobbying strategy uh, by big tech companies, what do you say they want to influence? They want to influence every single world and comma. They are so powerful, the lobbies of the big tech, that they are spending a lots of money in lobbying And the millions and millions that they have been spending are uncomparable to the perhaps equally important or equally relevant lobby from civil society or consumer organizations or NGOs, private associations, etc. It's, it's impossible. It's, too it's like comparing a car with an apple. You can't compare That So that is a, a factor that might be a little bit unfair from a social justice perspective. This is why the DMA, the Digital Market Act, is there. It's just to limit, really, how they their, their power is distributed and influence civil society and, of course, the market overall. Do you think there are still some progressive measures that are missing in the Digital Services Act proposal? Um, well, yes. Uh, first of all, we have to say that the proposal aims at making a safer internet environment. And uh, 
it takes very good initiatives from the e-commerce directive. So kind of a copy paste or transposes some good initiatives from the e-commerce directive that are valid uh, today. But it could address um, aspects about harmful content, the definition of what is harmful or a guideline. We I already mentioned that what is harmful in a specific culture is not harmful in another one. So those cultural criteria at least need to be acknowledged. If a definition is impossible, some acknowledge of what could be harmful needs to be disseminated so that people across the world and across cultures can understand its implications. And also about micro-targeting, it's something that has been criticized by other experts and says it's not within the current proposal, so it could be interesting to be added. Another issue missing in the initiative is how to embed the concerns of civil society. We know that this initiative is trying to protect the users, which is you and me. It could be much better if the concerns of the consumers associations, workers associations, and other civil society interest group could be truly embedded in the debate. And with that, perhaps we can achieve really a full harmonization because it already harmonizes some rules, but with these missing aspects could be a little bit more embracing indeed. Right. In the discussion of misinformation, is there a consensus? Can Digital Services Act, as it is now, prevent disinformation or misinformation from happening online? It is a regulation that its aim is to provide a safety environment. It's not a preventive regulation. It's a regulation that, that gives rules to have a trusted environment where fundamental rights are effectively protected, but doesn't prevent unsafe behavior. For preventing unsafe behavior, you need another instrument. The European Commission already put forward the um, uh, code of conduct for disinformation. This code of misinformation or against misinformation is being reviewed by the Commission. During the first year, the Commission observed that it was not truly respected. So there will need to be more efforts from private actors into preventing the mis misinformation. But a code of conduct, as you and me know, doesn't have any san sanction. It cannot enforce anything. It's just an instrument that you abide. But besides that, I suppose that there must be other measures, preventive, truly preventive measures that the DSA doesn't have at the moment. And maybe it's a good idea to suggest this to the legislators because the stage of prevention must be before the rules that set, are set now uh, in, the, in the current proposal. Does Article 29 of the Digital Services Act help users online have an influence over what will be seen in their feed? I truly hope so. If you look at National Article 29, it says more or less um, when several options are available, very large online platforms shall provide an easily accessible functionality on their online interface 
allowing the recipient of the service to select and to modify. Today, if you go into a service provider and you and you read what is proposed, do you think that is easy and accessible to you? I don't know. For some, perhaps, yes, but perhaps for a broad uh, part of the society, it's not. This is the current stage today, right? With the DSA, this should change in order to make it easier and accessible. But what is accessible and easier to you, who are very well digital literate, might not be a very easy and accessible to other groups. So it's a big question mark, and I think that this can be a very good provision, but the devil is on the detail, and we need to further distill this accessibility aspect of the Article 29. Does the same apply to Article 27 for when we discuss about intermediary services? In other words, do you think that it is possible to have horizontal applications for all platforms under the Digital Services Act? It's difficult to say yes or no now, Elena, because um, the conditions of the platforms are very different, but the intention of the DSA is to reach harmonization. Now, we know that this is a proposal, and this proposal is a very, it's a good proposal from the Commission, but the text is a draft. And in the basis of the negotiations, when these problems of mere conduits come out, and we see that uh, there are already problems. I am very sure that this will be negotiated heavily and probably go into a very good uh, outcome. It depends on the negotiations. And this is a point that is critical to be uh, explained further. Which element of the Digital Services Act do you think will be subject to the most change through the negotiation process? Everything. Every single word. This is about legislating the Wild West part of the internet. That part that offers illegal content or maybe harmful content for others or illegal goods. And uh, imagine this is a big regulatory step. This is about keeping this Wild West safer or in another condition. So it's moving a lot of, of the fundamental aspects of this online market and environment. So every single word will be debated because it's putting new slash updated rules uh, derived from the e-commerce directive. So yes, it, it's going to be a roller coaster of digital negotiations in the coming years in, in the EU Parliament and in the EU Commission as well. What is the political debate currently in Brussels? Everything is moving around the DSA and the DMA and the Green Deal. It's one of the biggest um, initiatives from the European Commission that will touch every single person in the world, probably. It has a lot of uh, impact on the citizens and the users because you and me are buying goods through internet during the pandemics. And we just talked through an, a, a platform called Zoom <laughs> and we live on internet. Our lives today have no line between an online life and an offline life. And for humanity, our lives are becoming more digital. 
we work and relate and buy on internet. <laughs> so everything is about this. And the power that these platforms have on you and your kids, it's enormous. So in Brussels, everything is around this. And uh, it will become even more acute when the, it, the initiatives go to the European Parliament, to the voice of people. And we will see if the European Parliament will accurately bring the voice of civil society into the debate. So I think that all groups have to be very attentive to that and don't hesitate to step into the debate. It is not such a technical debate at the end. It is a debate that regulates some aspects of your life. And this is why it's very important to step in. This was Aida Ponce del Castillo, Senior Researcher at the Brussels-based Foresight Unit of the European Trade Union Institute. And I'm Elena Giola for Find Out Why. Mm-hmm.